With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Man, you know that the Jets are bad when they're literally the reason that Trevor Lawrence decided, you know what, (sighs) let me maybe go get COVID so I don't have to go up to New York and play for the Jets. Let's not do that. That's pretty bad. I I hate it for the Jets fans, but Jesus, that, of course, I can't say nothing because even in loss... I'm rocking the Panthers gear. Hope everybody's doing well. Welcome to ACC Tailgate. I'm your host, Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wilbur and Gold. I'm trying to get used to it. When I point where I, where I think it is on the screen, it's the opposite way. Anyway, hope everybody's doing well on a Friday. Uh, big weekend ahead for everybody, both college and NFL, whether you're an ACC fan, whether you're an SEC fan, whether you're a Pac-12 fan, doesn't matter because we've got football, which in 2020, that in itself was enough to get excited about. So hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody's had a good day uh, as we start to get live viewers in here. Hello to all our podcast listeners. Hello to everybody watching here on Twitch, on Chris Landry uh, Twitch channel after this is already recorded and posted. Uh, Be sure to head up uh landryfootball.com give us a subscribe um but no all kidding aside obviously the big headline of the day is Trevor Lawrence well it's it was the headline of uh the other day but you know it's our first show since it's it's become a headline uh, is what I'm getting at uh Trevor Lawrence obviously got covid uh he's in isolation he'll probably be okay I would assume so that's kind of the big story of the day and we'll kind of get into that more in depth and kind of all the components that go along with that a little later on in the show. We're going to talk a little Wake Forest today and as I promised on Monday's show, uh, we're going to get into some college basketball because as as us ACC fans know, it is it is rumbling. It's coming. It's 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 starting to pick up some steam and it's about ready to just smack us right in the face after this incredible ACC football season that we're already having. Uh, Basketball is well on its way, and it'll be here before we can blink an eye. So will Christmas. Can't wait for that. The holidays, New Year. Just so many things to look forward to. I mean, we got a great show. 
got you guys in here. Like just ah, so many things to look forward to. Uh, we're going to get into that a little more in depth because as I was talking about on Monday, the way too early, which I don't know if you can really consider it way too early considering the college basketball season will be getting started uh, really in a couple weeks. Uh, I don't know if that's considered way too early, but that poll, that AP, I don't know if it's AP or if it's just, it's not AP, it's just too, way too early top 25. Maybe AP makes it way too early top 25. This one was by ESPN, uh, and I listed off your ACC teams that are sprinkled in that top 25, um, and then we're going to get into that a little more in depth today, as I promised, and peel the onion back a little more on all those teams. Uh, Thursday night football last night, Falcons somehow managed to beat the Panthers, and I don't say somehow because, you know, the Panthers are just, I don't know. It's just, it's, you have to say they somehow won anytime the Falcons get a win these days because, like I've said in the past, they're basically the meme of the NFL at this point. I'm still rocking my Teddy Bridgewater shirt. Don't care because I understand. And I read the comments, guys. And I, I because it, it's, it's good to do as a content creator. Because you get a sense of kind of what's going on, what your audience thinking, what they like, what they don't like. You got to read them all, guys. You got to read even the trolls. Because every once in a while, that troll isn't actually a troll and they're saying something constructive and productive. And you got to listen to that and be empathetic to that. Just tips of the trade. Um, but no, I love the con- much to the much to the same effect that I thoroughly enjoyed reading the comments. Uh, when Carolina was having their stinker of a basketball season last year. And we'll get into that a little later in the show as they are getting ready to turn the page on that. Can't wait. Um, But much like I read everybody saying, oh, you know, everybody just complaining every time, you know, Carolina would lose, which was most of the time last year uh, when Cole or Cole Anthony would have a bad game. You know, you know, all the people saying, oh, Roy Williams might be done. Uh, it might be time to get him out of here. He might be too old. Like, much like I laugh when I read that because I knew the what was coming in this coming season, which is now. I knew what was coming, which is why I just laughed. I laugh when I read the comments from Panther fans that are saying, oh, we got rid of Cam Newton for this guy, a.k.a. Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, you know, we brought in Matt Rule, which, listen. If you understand what this season actually is for the Carolina Panthers, you'll know, and if you actually understand this, you're not disappointed at all. You're actually pleasantly surprised with how good the Panthers have been this year, which I'm not really surprised much uh, because I knew that the Panthers quietly had a really good offseason. Uh obviously on the defensive side of the ball, and then obviously they got Teddy Bridgewater. The biggest concern for me was the O-line, and that still remains the case. However, I will say, I was surprised. I didn't realize just how well Teddy Bridgewater could move around in the pocket, or outside of the pocket, I should say, uh, when that pressure comes through the O-line. So that was impressive. But um, And obviously nobody nobody, uh, suspected that Christian McCaffrey would get hurt like this, and the fact that they've done as well as they have uh, without Christian McCaffrey actually says a lot. That says a lot about Teddy Bridgewater 
Uh, it says a lot about Matt Rule, the new head coach. He's trying to build a new system there. But for anybody that actually knew what this season was going to be for the Panthers, you're actually pleasantly surprised. Those of you who are like, oh, we got rid of everybody. Oh, we got rid of camp. Now, granted, not a fan of how they did Cam Newton, but I understand why they moved on from him. I just didn't like how they did it. I think they hung him out to dry a little bit. Um, but no, like, guys, Panther fans, I'm talking to you right now. This is a rebuilding year. This is a rebuilding year for the Panthers. They're setting the foundation. They're setting it the way they want. Because I'm telling you, and I said this months ago, I'm pretty sure I said this back in April, the Panthers are like, when you actually look at the Panthers' schedule, they are not going to win more than four games this year. In my opinion, five. at the Now that I've seen what I've seen out of them, I could see them winning five games. They're at three now, as we're, I don't know how many more weeks are left. But they're, I mean, they're at three. My guess was four. Now that I've seen what I've seen, I could see them winning five games. But, guys, it's a rebuilding year for the Panthers. So all you Panther fans that are chirping in the comment section, oh, this and that, relax. We're going to be fine. We're building the foundation. I'm telling you something. I believe in Matt Rule. I think – I don't know if the Panthers – uh, to the point of what I said, my opening statement that the Jets are so bad they made Trevor Lawrence want to go and get COVID. That's a little extreme, obviously. Just having a little fun on a Friday. But um, I don't know if the Panthers are going to be able to outlose the Jets or the Giants, but they're definitely going to be in the mix for one of the top picks, I think. And it's not because the Panthers are tanking, by the way. Because I don't think that they're like intentionally tanking to where they're just so bad and they're losing everything. I actually thought they were going to be competitively tanking. And let me explain what I mean. I think that they're again, trying to build a foundation. They've got a good on paper. They've got a really solid team already. I just, and I thought that they would be very competitive this year. I just didn't think they'd win a lot of games. It's literally that simple. It's not that I didn't think they'd be competitive or they'd be solid. They would put up the points as they have, they just wouldn't quite edge it out and get the win. And again, a loss is a loss, however you slice it. You know, you don't have to be tanking to lose most of your games. So I actually would prefer that form of tanking, not just, oh, let's just lose everything, tank, you know, and make a bomb out of it. And then we get this great draft pick and then we got to start from here. I would much rather, if you're going to lose all your games or most of them, uh, I would rather you already have a foundation built so we can just come in and build right on top of that. So to me, that actually makes the most sense. So I don't know if the Panthers are going to be able to get Trevor Lawrence. I don't even know if they're going to be able to get Justin Fields, but I think they're going to be able to get something. And then we're going to start to see something next year. So I'm on the record with that. Uh, I'm always on the record, but for a fact, I am on the record on that. So, Obviously, Thursday night football last night, Falcons beat the Panthers. That was on my mind because Panther fan and football fan. So um, so as I always like to do on Fridays, obviously Mondays, I kind of like to take we like to take a look at what happened over the weekend, the new uh top 25. Um, 
And then on Fridays, I like to take a look and kind of give you just a quick rundown of your game schedule for the Saturday uh, Saturday showcase, you could call it. Um, let's see here. So just running through, and then I'll kind of give you the one, the games that intrigue me the most. The first one I got here, Carolina, number 15, Carolina at UVA. As a Carolina fan, that intrigues me, but to just the regular fan, it's not a very intriguing game, I don't think, because UVA is really just, I don't know what, they're bad. I know exactly what UVA is. They're bad. Like, they, they have not, they were solid last year. They made it to the ACC title game, got smacked by Clemson, and they have not, I repeat, have not been the same since. And I don't think it's going to be any different against Carolina. I think Carolina is going to win that one convincingly, maybe even more convincingly than they did against State or something similar. It will be a lot to a little. I promise you that. So that one's at 8 o'clock p.m. on ACC Network. Uh, next one I got here, Boston. This one intrigues me for different reasons. Boston College at Clemson. Again, I've said it numerous times. I think Boston College is playing with house money this year. They've got a new coach, and they are surprisingly four and two overall, three and two in the ACC, and they're one of my surprises of the season. A very nice surprise because you know Boston College is just. They haven't been relevant for a little while now in football or anything really, but they're looking good. They're looking, they're one of the teams that are, you know, obviously you got like UVA, Pitt, Florida State, who are kind of going in the wrong direction. Then you got your teams like Boston College before they lost Devin Leary, NC State that are heading in the right direction. Um, Wake Forest is on that list. We're going to talk about them a little bit later too. They're, they're headed in the right direction, but Boston College, they got nothing to lose here. Just like when they went up against, um, I don't remember. I, I don't remember if it was Virginia Tech or NC State a couple weeks ago. It was a ranked team, whoever it was. They were playing with. They're playing with house money all year long because because of the position that they put themselves in. Like they they got nothing to lose and everything to gain. So they go up against an undefeated Clemson that will not have Trevor Lawrence obviously this week. Uh, let's hope that he's back two weeks from now. Uh, so we can really see something when Clemson takes on Notre Dame. That's a game that I've got marked down on my calendar, and I'm sure many of you do as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I expect Clemson to win this, obviously. I'll just be interested to see if Boston College puts up a nice fight because, again, they're playing with house money, new coach, they're headed in the right direction, and – how they look now, granted, no Trevor Lawrence, but Clemson is still a powerhouse regardless. Uh, I've heard good things about their backup QB. Um, it'll be interesting to see, again, how Boston College is able to kind of hang with the Clemson Tigers. So the next one on the list, oh, that's a primetime game, by the way. That's on ABC at noon. Uh, also at noon on ACC Network. Another one of the games that intrigues me, Wake Forest at Syracuse. Shout out my dude Peter Berg, big Syracuse fan. If you're not in here already, you may be. Let me make sure I got my chat up so I can see. Um, got a new viewer. Hello. Hope you're doing well on a Friday. Get some comments going in here. I'll put them up. We'll get this thing going. Um, yeah, Wake Forest at Syracuse intrigues me. Wake Forest is now a nice 
I don't know if nice is the right word because I mean, Campbell, they beat Campbell. Uh, you know, they don't have a lot of big name wins uh, other than really knocking out and upsetting Virginia Tech last week at home. So Wake Forest, three and two overall, two and two in the ACC. Um, they are on a three game win streak. However, uh, that one intrigues me. I think they'll win that one fairly convincingly. Again, sorry, Peter Berg. Um, I I'm curious to see because Wake Forest, and we've talked about it before on this show. Wake Forest, they they were on a really good note, and they were headed in the right direction last year. They kind of crumbled towards the second half of the season, never really recovered. They lost, obviously, their star quarterback, Jamie Newman, over the offseason. They lost. They didn't lose, but uh, Sage Surratt, their star wide receiver, brother of Carolina's Chaz Surratt, star uh, line middle linebacker. I think he's a middle linebacker. Um, announces because of COVID and everything going on, he opted out of the season. So they didn't have Surratt. Um, which I hated for Dave Clawson, their coach. You know, he's really re- he seems like a really good dude. Um, and you always like to see guys like that do well. Um, so Wake Forest seemed to be kind of, and they started out the season slow, and then ever since they started out zero and two, and now they're on a nice three game win streak. Uh, obviously, upsetting again, upsetting Virginia Tech last weekend. Uh, which knocked Virginia Tech out of the top 25. So I expect Wake Forest to handle things down at, or down, I should say, up at Syracuse. Syracuse one and five overall, really kind of at the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they may actually be the last. It's either Syracuse or Duke uh, is the last ranked team in the ACC. Uh, that one will be at noon on ACC Network. Then you got a 3:30 game primetime on ABC. It's not very interesting to me because it's Notre Dame at Georgia Tech. I expect Notre Dame to roll through Georgia Tech. That Again, not interesting to me at all. Next weekend's the one that's going to be interesting to see Notre Dame go up against Clemson. Uh, assuming Clemson handles their business against Boston College, that'll be two undefeated teams. The last two, I believe, in the ACC. I could be wrong. There might be one more, but I think that's the last two. Um, so that one's at 3.30. Then the last one that's kind of intriguing to me is Virginia Tech at Louisville. Louisville coming off a nice win last weekend. Virginia Tech obviously coming off of a bad loss uh, at Wake Forest, getting knocked out of the top 25. It's going to be interesting because Louisville was a team, obviously they had the – this is their uh, head coach, Scott Satterfield's second year. Um, he seemed last year to ha- to kind of have something good started. I mean, they were nothing great last year, but you could see signs of potentially a good a good setup there with Satterfield. They got off to a really bad start this year. They're two and four, one and four in the ACC. Got a nice win. In fact, let me make sure. I know they won last weekend, but they got a nice win. It was actually, yeah, they beat F- well. It's not a very credible win, but it was a nice win because they were on a four-game losing streak. So they needed that. And so it's going to be much like um, a little bit less to the extent, but much how I was curious last week about UNC and NC State. Obviously, UNC handled their business. 
<sighs> no big deal. Um, much like I was curious about that one for many different variables on each side, you know, Carolina, they choked against FSU. They fell hard in the rankings. Then on the NC State, they lost their quarterback. They were newly ranked. They had some expectations. So both of them had components that made it interesting for different reasons. To a lesser extent, this is the way I feel about Virginia Tech and Louisville. I mean, Louisville can really only go up at this point, so it'll be interesting to see if they can pile on two wins in a row. This one would be a bigger win for them because this is a team that is and has been considered one of the uh, second-tier teams in the ACC. They're in that conversation with Carolina-Miami. uh, and Notre Dame. So it'll be it'll be a nice win for Louisville if they could beat Virginia Tech. And then obviously on the Virginia Tech side of things, it's a little more complicated because obviously they're knocked out of the top 25. They had a bad loss at Wake Forest. And they're back to that identity crisis of trying to figure out who they are. You know, what are you going to get? Are you going to get the team that uh, run defense is terrible? struggling to throw the ball and just can't keep up? Or are you going to get the Virginia Tech team that absolutely just runs the crap out of the ball, both at the quarterback position with Hendon Hooker and with Khalil at the running back position, the second best running game really in the country, uh, and obviously the best in the ACC, at least until last weekend. So what are you going to get? And that and that's the question for Virginia Tech. And how are you going to respond after a bad loss and that bad loss knocking you out of the top twenty-five that you've been in for most of the season and that conversation you've been in for most of the season of all right, are we the second tier to Clemson's number one? So those are the reasons I find that one interesting. And then um the last one on the slate is UNC Charlotte at Duke. I mean Okay. That's that's basically all I have to say about that one. Okay. Like which actually makes me feel very good because I hate Duke with all my heart. So, you know, go Charlotte. <clears throat> uh but yeah, that is that is your uh your game schedule uh for tomorrow. Um I'm trying to decide where I want to start as I get into my actual topics for the day. Let me start here since we were already kind of getting into Wake Forest. Um, because I don't have a I don't have a ton to say about Wake Forest that I haven't already said really already. But I did have a few things written down that I kind of wanted to touch on um and feel the pulse of. So the biggest thing that I'm curious about Wake Forest at this point is can they keep going? They've got a three-game win streak. Obviously, the biggest upsetting Virginia Tech. Campbell was the first on that list. I don't remember who the second win. It might have been Louisville. I could be wrong about that, though. Um, So it's not like, other than Virginia Tech, which makes it a big deal, in my opinion, but other than that, it's just, you know, two other wins against two sorry teams. However, a big reason why that they've, gotten that streak going and that they're kind of building a small quiet amount of momentum 
is because of one, their defense, which has been incredible over the last three games. I mean, they've had seven sacks and seven interceptions just over the last three games. So they've shut it down on that side of the ball. And then on the other side of the ball, offensively, Sam Hartman has been a really, really big key. And he actually kind of reminds me just off the top of my head. He actually kind of reminds me of Devin Leary for NC State, obviously, who's out now for, I guess, it's been two weeks since his injury, or maybe, no? I think it's been two weeks since his injury. Yeah, yeah, two weeks. So he's got, I guess, anywhere from four to six more to go from what they say. Um, It may be too late, honestly, though. NC State uh, did not look good against Carolina. It might be too late for them by the time which is it's just so NC State. It's so NC State. They, they, it might be too late by the time Leary gets back, and they I don't know if they'll be able to salvage anything out of that. Hopefully, Dorn's job, but probably. Anyway, got off got off the rails there. Um, but no, Sam Hart reminds me a lot of uh, Devin Leary in the sense that he's not been anything overpowering or special, but he's been enough to make a difference he's been a great game manager and actually he's had a better pass percentage percentage than leary leary was like 59 point something percent hartman 63.2 percent so he's actually got him a little bit better on that he's got three touchdowns and zero interceptions so far uh and then he's got a thousand and three yards so far this season um and he was a guy you know and we talked a little bit about um them losing Jamie Newman. When Jamie Newman got hurt last year, Hartman was a good thing for them to have because he really was able to come in and kind of keep everything together. Now, obviously, Wake Forest ended up crumbling anyway, but while Newman was out, Hartman was a big reason that they were able to kind of somewhat stay afloat, and he actually did very well, and he's off to a nice, solid start this year. So the defense... And Sam Hartman are the reasons over the last three games that they've been able to kind of get a little something going. And that's honestly probably going to be a reason why they do or do not uh, get a little something going moving forward, and obviously tomorrow against Syracuse. I think the questions to get onto the Syracuse side of it, because, I mean, Syracuse is one of the bottom teams in the ACC. I think the question for them is how is your secondary going to do? Because – you Syracuse fans know this, that the highlight of the season was Trevor Lawrence. That pick six, that was his first news wor- his first pick six of his college career that made headlines. That's how good Clemson is, is when you throw your first pick six of your career, it's news. That was Syracuse's secondary. So, to that point, the reason that Syracuse might be able to pull off a slight upset. I would. I mean, again, Wake Forest is not a top tier team at this point, but considering where Syracuse is and where Wake Forest is at this moment with their momentum and upsetting Virginia Tech, I actually think this would be a slight upset for Syracuse. And if they pull it off, I don't think they will. But if they do, it's going to because that secondary is able to shut down Sam Hartman. I really feel good about that so we shall see but that's kind of what i was had on my mind about wake forest and then those few little nuggets on 
Syracuse. Um, and by the way, to finish off with this, even though, you know, I was talking about how Wake Forest, you know, they've got a three-game win streak. Two of those games, the first two in that series, you know, not really credible wins. Virginia Tech obviously is. They still have an opportunity to fix that, though. They've still got an opportunity, unlike Notre Dame, Wake Forest actually has an opportunity to put some credibility on that resume because they've still got Carolina, Notre Dame, and Miami left on their schedule. And it's actually considering, I think there's like five more weeks of the season, including tomorrow, maybe. It's either five or six. I think it's five. Um, So that's all going to be within the same kind of time window. It's going to be very tight. And so if you can put up nice performance, that's going to tell us a lot about where Wake Forest is actually headed and what they're actually up to down there in Winston. So, because I mean, I haven't seen many teams that has Carolina, Miami, and Notre Dame, all second-tier teams in the ACC to Clemson's one tier, obviously playing all of them in such a short window of time. That's my whole issue with Notre Dame is that they don't have anything like that on their schedule. They've got they they had a pit team that would have been a slight challenge if their starting quarterback would have played. He did not. So that was a blowout, obviously. We know that. And then they got Georgia Tech this weekend. That'll be a blowout, I think. They don't have anything until next week with Clemson. And I assume Trevor Lawrence will be back by then, but I'm not, obviously we're not, you can't be certain about anything these days, but I think he'll be back for that. Um, so it would be nice if Notre Dame had a schedule, actually kind of like Wake Forest has got ahead of them. Cause it could prove like, all right, all right, are you that good? Or are you just, we think you might be that good. So Wake Forest does have that going for them. Um, maybe prove some people wrong. So um, let me take a moment to give a little love here. Give a little love uh, to one of our sponsors here on Chris Landry Football. Uh, This show, ACC Tailgate, and all our other shows throughout uh, the channel is sponsored by American Betting Experts. It's one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the U.S. We have teamed with them to provide you guys special gaming offers and uh, value uh, and to all our podcast listeners as well. And here's what you do. You go to our website, LandryFootball.com. You're going to click on the ad. It'll be in the upper right side of the page. You're going to pick among the gaming sites legal in your state, such as BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, and PointsBet. You're going to sign up and instantly receive an account deposit, match or risk-free bet that'll be worth anywhere from $100 all the way up to $1,000. It's literally that easy. So again, you want to go to LandryFootball.com, click on the ad in the top upper right side of the page, get in on the action with that special offer from our sponsor, American Betting Experts. We appreciate them, and we appreciate you for getting in on that action. Um, So as we reach the midpoint of our show here on a nice little – Friday night. It's getting dark really early. I don't know where everybody's from. I'm obviously in North Carolina and 
you know, it's, it's, uh, it's getting dark fairly early, half past a freckle. Um, <clears throat> so obviously to circle back around, to, uh, kind of where we started the show when I said that Trevor Lawrence, the jets are so bad that it made Trevor Lawrence want to go and get COVID. That's pretty bad. Uh, but all kidding aside, the well, there's multiple headlines on Trevor Lawrence this week. The first one was obviously his comment uh, that he made to the media when he was asked, you know, would you consider coming back to Clemson or what's your, you know, what are you thinking on that? Because obviously there's a lot of talk right now because, again, the Jets are so bad. I think they're the only winless team left in the NFL. I mean, it's a train wreck. Adam Gase is horrible. He's making Sam Darnold horrible. And he and I think that's the biggest component is how how much hype Sam Darnold had. And I actually still think he's a good quarterback and will become a good quarterback. But I think and from listening to the experts and uh people that you know know these things more on, on kind of the inside of what actually goes on behind closed doors, I mean the system that you're in and the culture that you're in and just everything stems from the top. We're seeing it right now with the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones and how he gets so butthurt about, I mean, we saw it this week. He gets so butthurt when anybody implies, Oh, the leadership might not be good, which anybody with a brain consciousness or eyesight could see that. And he gets all upset about it, which, which tells us he's insecure about it because he knows it's right. Because if he knew that that was the case and it, you know, he, he accepted it and wanted to do something about it. Just reading humans one one he wouldn't have got upset about it. But the fact that he knows it's a problem and he's insecure about it, you know, he reacted the way he did because he got called on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it stems from the top. Culture is everything. The system you're in is everything, especially in football, especially for a quarterback. Um, and we're seeing it now with Sam Darnold. And that, to me, I don't know if Trevor Lawrence thinks about it this way, but to me, seeing kind of what is happening there and, and how it's affecting Sam Darnold, that, to me, would be a, a tell of what I should maybe do if I was Trevor Lawrence. But at the end of the day, and... You know, I'll give you the quote right here. Trevor, he was asked, you know, are you, would you consider staying or, you know, what are you thinking? And he basically said verbatim, my mindset has been that I'm going to move on. But, but who knows? There's a lot of things that could happen, aka the Jets could just be that bad that I'm like, do I really want to do that? Um, you know, listen. It got blown up all week by every major sports media network, like it, like anything like that does. Um, gets a little too much made out of it. You know, again, I, mature athletes, this is what they say. Like, for, when it comes to personal matters like that, they're not going to, unless they're ready and they've made their decision, they're not giving you anything, which I think is a the right way to handle it. Because, like, because I know if I say I might stay at Clemson, that's going to be a bomb. And if I say I'm gone, I mean, I think most people think he will probably go on to the NFL. But it's just like that is what a mature athlete who's kind of self-aware about 
what'll happen with what he says to the media. That's what any athlete like that would say. You know, I guess it's kind of, I don't know. It's kind of the politically correct thing to say, I suppose. Um, My whole thing is, you know, we've seen this movie already to maybe a lesser degree because the Bengals last year when Joe Burrow was coming through the draft and all that, you know, I mean, I don't, I mean, the Bengals were obviously bad. I don't think they were quite the organ. I mean, well, and again, I have to watch myself because the Bengals, you know, organizationally were not very good for a while, but I still don't think that they're quite or were quite the train wreck that the New York jets are and have been. And who knows what comes next? Um, so that's, we've seen this before and we've saw, we saw all the speculation that, oh, well, you know, Joe Burrow might pass on going to the Bengals or tell them like, yeah, I'm not coming here. We saw all that speculation for him to only say like, well, I don't even, I don't even remember what he said to all that. It's probably something again, very politically correct. And, you know, like, yeah, I'll probably go like, but we see what happened He went to the Bengals, and he's actually made the Bengals quite attractive so far, if if I'm being frank. So my intuition is that's going to be the same deal with Trevor Lawrence, even though I would love the Panthers to be able to get him. I don't think they're going to be able to outlose the Jets unless a miracle happens, and miracles don't happen for the Jets. Only butt fumbles happen for the Jets. Shout out, uh, Sanchez, Mark Sanchez. I was about to say Gary Sanchez, but that's the Yankees, and that's a whole different issue. Um, yeah, miracles don't happen for the Jets. So my guess and my intuition is that uh, Adam Gase will probably get fired, if if not before the season, definitely over the off season. And this is actually another point that I think needs to be brought up because I think it's a valid point. Uh, you know, when we see these teams that in the NFL that are kind of just imploding and train wrecks like the Jets are, I think we need to keep in mind that, listen, Adam Gase is not going to be the head coach for the New York Jets much longer. He may not be the head coach of the Jets by the end of the season. And you have to take into account that the Jets – and any other team that's in that type of position, especially when they know there's going to be a marquee player on the market uh, to be drafted like a Trevor Lawrence and behind him like a Justin Fields, you have to take into account that changes will be made organizationally for the Jets before that draft comes. A.K.A., they may go out and get a Lincoln Riley uh, out of Oklahoma for a new head coach. They may go, I don't, I, I could see Riley more than I could this, but they could go out and get a hardball from Michigan to be the next head coach. Dabo ain't going anywhere. He's kind of like the Coach K uh, type figure that probably is not going anywhere to the day he retires, would be my guess. But I could 100% see the New York Jets saying, all right, if we want to make this a slightly attractive, opportunity for trevor we need to get a lincoln riley we need to get a harbaugh we need to get something in here and i think they will because trevor lawrence is again that type of talent that you would literally put the house out just to make something to get him 
I think that could be used to woo Trevor Lawrence. And, may, and, and then obviously, that's on top of the fact that, guys, do you really think that he's going to pass up on the opportunity to go ahead and go to the NFL now, make millions, be the face of a franchise, sponsor deals, endorsements, the life of a professional football player, all of it. You And he's about to get married, by the way, so that's a factor too. I actually didn't think of that till just now, but he's engaged. He's going to be getting married soon. I don't know the date, but that's a factor as well. He, he's got to uh, get his family started here, and a career is part of that. A job and payment is part of that. So, you know, it's nice to chat about like, oh, what if he did, you know, kind of swerve on uh, the Jets and decide to go back to Clemson? He's he's going. He, he's going, and he's probably much to my disappointment as a Panther fan because I was really hoping they could get him, but they'll get somebody good. But Trevor Lawrence is going to the Jets, most likely, which obviously – Brings up the question of what happens to Sam Darnold, but that is a topic for another day. So, um, with 15 minutes left, I would like to get to the way too early top 25 poll that ESPN put out on Monday. Uh, and I want, and obviously on Monday, you know, I kind of told you just real quick at the end of the show all the ACC teams that are sprinkled in the mix. And then I told you today we kind of go more in depth and pull the onion back a little bit on those teams. Um, so obviously number four, actually I should start out by saying this, Baylor actually secured, this has nothing to do with the ACC, but it's fun to kind of talk about who the number one team is. I don't know anything about them. I don't know who their players are. I don't even know the name of their coach at this point, but Baylor secured the number one spot in the top 25 poll, so fun fact. Uh, but as far as we're concerned in the ACC, number four and the first team highest ranked team in that way too early preseason poll by ESPN was UVA. Um, not so much a surprise anymore. You know, it was kind of a surprise to me because I assumed that both Duke and Carolina would kind of secure very close to one another, the top roles in that uh, ranking for the ACC. I didn't realize, and I guess I should have, because, you know, what Tony Bennett was able to do last year for UVA, coaching-wise, after they win the national championship the year before, lose most of their star power that got them that championship, and to rebuild that quickly... Like, literally, if you were a team that wanted to take advantage of a rebuilding UVA team last year, you had about two months to do it early in the season. And if you didn't, well, tough. Because Tony Bennett, and I believe, in, in no, he was in the conversation. Leonard Hamilton got it. But he was in the, and rightly so, uh, Tony Bennett was in the conversation for head coach of the year because of the job he did rebuilding UVA that quick. And obviously the bit, uh, you know, they were mainly a defensive force last year. And now they've added offensive firepower to that defense that will be coming back and probably be even stronger than last year. Um, so now you've got it on both sides of the ball, AKA why they're number four in the way too early preseason poll, AKA why they are, the favorite right off the bat in the ACC. 
Uh, they've got a new transfer out of Marquette, Sam Hauser, who's already the favorite to be the preseason ACC player of the year. So, uh, yeah, UVA is going to be a problem. So, uh, moving on to number 10, Duke. Puke, as I like to call him. Um, obviously, they're always in the mix. And... It's just undisputed at this point. I learned that very... And by the way, I learned this very early on as a kid, as a young Tar Heel fan, that, yeah, Duke doesn't do what most people do after they win the national championship. They don't just uh, lose and then everybody... You know, I, I learned this because that's what my team always did. You know, we won the national championship in 05, talking about Carolina. We won the national championship in 05, and we lost most of that that squad I remember it even more so and more vividly in 09 because that was when I really started to become a, a a deep fan we won it all in 09 lost everything and was one of including last year the other year that was the year that Roy did not make the tournament was that year following 09 2010 they did go to the NIT championship though didn't win it um I remember I listened to that game on the radio. Um, yeah, so I thought that was what most teams did after they won a national championship. We oh, we just lose all our players and we got to start from scratch. Uh, yeah, Duke doesn't do that. They they win a national championship when they win, and then or they have a great team and then lose those players, and then they just fill it right. the The, the cookie jar is just filled right back up the next year. And that's just how Coach K does it. And that's why he's going to go down as the GOAT of college basketball coaches and just coaches. He's in the conversation for just coaches in general. Uh, And the reason being is because he adapts so well. You know, he's not one of these coaches that's just rigid. Excuse me. He's not one of these coaches that's just rigid and it's my way or the highway. You know, I've got all this success, so you need to do it my way. In fact, he goes the opposite way and he reverse engineers his players. He reverse engineers what all the other, you know, great players are doing and he implements that into his program. And that's why he's successful as he is, which is, and by the way, that's why anybody is going to be that successful is because they're able to innovate and adapt with the times because things change. And so that's a factor, obviously, in why they're so great every year. He's a great recruiter. Obviously, that's part of it as well. Um, as far as returners, you know, they lost Vernon Carey Jr., which was expected. They lost uh, Trey Jones, which was to, uh, also expected. They also lost Cassius Stanley, which was in question of whether he would go or not. I personally felt he should have stayed one more year just because he was so inconsistent. You know, he was, he's, I mean, and you guys remember this, how explosive he was. Um, but there was also nights where you would forget he was on the court. I mean, he just, he just would come and go, but when he was explosive, Oh, that's a lottery pick player all day, like a hundred percent. So, uh, but anyway, he ended up going and moving on. Um, the returners, to me, the most notable ones are Wendell Moore, who hit the big shot, obviously, to beat Carolina in Chapel Hill last year that just stunned the world. Um, I had the pleasure of seeing that one in person. It was my first Carolina-Duke game. It was the 100th 
uh, a, it was the 100th Carolina Duke game. Big, and then the jerseys that everybody was, sh- uh, you know, talking about that they thought they looked like practice jerseys. I thought they were icy. But, uh, yeah, Wendell Moore stuck it right in our face. So that was lovely. Uh, but they got Wendell Moore. They got Jordan uh, Goldwire coming back. And then, obviously, Matthew Hurt. And those are kind of the the uh, returns that kind of stick out uh, in the front of my mind. Um, and then I think a name to look out for is Jalen Johnson, new player, freshman for Duke. Uh, I think he's going to be that guy that gets it done on both the offensive and the defensive side of the ball. He's going to have both. And I think that's gonna, what's going to make him so important and kind of a name to remember for them. So next on the docket is number 15, Carolina. You know, forget about last season, guys. Forget it. It happened. It was an anomaly. It was a fluke. I don't know if it was a fluke because it wasn't a fluke, and I'll tell you why. And I'm glad I said that because it brings this point to mind. Everybody, well, media especially, but every media person, or so many of them, had such an issue with Roy Williams being upfront and honest, which is something I would prefer when it comes to players and coaches taking the podium and talking to the media and talking to the television and talking to social media, you know, this, this notion that we want them to be fake humble or fake optimist or fake anything. I want the real deal. I want to know what's actually going on. And Roy Williams told you what was actually going on. He said it, that this is my least talented team here. And everybody seemed to have a problem with that. I looked at that as a Carolina fan and said, you're right. He had one, I believe it was one McDonald's All-American and Cole Anthony. I don't think he'd ever had that few. Um, And it just, it was his least talented team in the time that he's been at Carolina. He told the truth. And like most people, or a lot of people, I don't, I don't want to stereotype here. I'm not about that because everybody's different. But people don't tend to like the truth when it stings like that. But uh, he knew it. You deep down know it. And his players knew it. They even told you he, that they knew it. They're like, yeah. They took it as a challenge. Just anyway, that just I could go on and on and on about that. But anyway, flush last year. It's a fresh start. And boy, I can't wait to get it going. The depth. That was one of the issues last year was Carolina's lack of depth. And they got depth this year, people. They got it. Uh obviously they lost Cole Anthony, which I knew it wasn't likely, but I actually thought that I was curious to see. Like, I thought he could should maybe stay one more year just because I felt like he did not quite live up to what he will actually become. I didn't think he lived up to what he was capable of. I think he was very inconsistent. Obviously, he had some injury problems. Um Again, I knew it wasn't likely because when it comes to these things, you know, the opportunity to go play professionally, actually make money, 
when you actually put yourself in those guys' shoes and, and stop being selfish about, oh, I just want my team to be good next year, they they should go on. I just thought that there could be a chance that he maybe would come back just because, one, he wanted to right the wrong and actually have a good season with Carolina because of how bad everything went last year. And because, again, he was kind of – I thought it might be a good opportunity to improve his draft stock because, I mean, he's going to be a first-rounder. He's probably going to go in the top ten. But I thought if he came back another year and actually showcased more consistently what we saw flashes of last year, that he might have been like a top three, five pick. So maybe it won't even make a difference. But that was just my intuition on that and my thinking. Uh, The scoring machine that is Garrison Brooks is going to be back. Uh, Probably one of the top returners on any team in the ACC. Um, That's just a fact. Um, Five stars everywhere you look on this recruiting, which is why I knew this was coming in. I knew it was on its way. And there are so, I mean, everywhere you look, there's a five star recruit freshman this year. Obviously, the notable ones are uh, Dayron Sharp, and then you got Walker Kessler. Uh, those are the two big men, obviously. And then a new, st- he's not, I think he's going to be a little bit sneaky. And it's weird to say that because this guy's a five star recruit, but. I think Caleb Love is a name to keep in mind. He's again, I think he's going to be sneaky, uh, but I think he and others. We'll see what Leaky Black does this year. He was kind of hit and miss last year, but I think a big. I mean, there's obviously they're going to be good, uh, and they're going to be a contender in the ACC. But with Carolina, much like Duke and now UVA, it's like all right, I don't want to know that we can contend in the ACC. I want to know, can we tend for contend for a national championship? I mean, it's that type of standard. Um, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to come down to perimeter shooting, which was bad last year for Carolina, other than Garrison Brooks on occasion. And obviously Cole Anthony on occasion, but their shooting was, I mean, some of the worst shooting in the country in college basketball. So I think if their perimeter shooting can click with everything else, See you in March, boys. And then the last one, number twenty-three, FSU. I, I felt like I was I was uh, doing a start number twenty-three, LeBron. I felt like I was doing a starting lineup there. Number twenty-three, FSU, Florida State. Don't ever count out Leonard Hamilton, one of the most consistent coaches that we've seen in the ACC outside of the norm that is Roy Williams and Coach K and now Tony Bennett, Leonard Hamilton is right in that mix um, to a slightly less degree, but it ain't much slightly. And I think plain and simple, FSU is being a little bit underestimated. I think they obviously won the regular season championship uh, for the ACC. They were handed the ACC title uh, tournament championship trophy midweek, you know, COVID hit and all that. They were the top seed, so they got the trophy automatically. Um, don't count them out. They're number again. I mean, nobody's counting them out because they're number 23 on this list, but I actually think that's a little too low. Uh, I think, you know, they lost Trent Forrest, a few others that were a uh, Trent Forrest was the main key, I think to how well they did last year, but they've got guys in there to replace them. I think their depth is going to be big because they lost Trent Forrest. They lost a few others, but they were already a really deep team last year. And I think those guys are just going to rise right up to the top 
And I think they're just going to keep that momentum that they had going last year. And I think that when it's all said and done, FSU was going to be like, I think they're going to be a top 10 team when it's all said and done. And I think they're going to be, you know, in the mix again for one of the top teams in college basketball and, you know, March madness and all that jazz. And again, I think a big reason of that is going to be, is going to be because of their depth that they brought from last year. And, their perimeter shooting is going to be a, much like I think Carolina's perimeter shooting is going to make or break what they can do on a national stage. I think it's going to be the same deal uh, for FSU. Uh, and then obviously their depth, as I've mentioned probably three or five times over the last 30 seconds. I tend to repeat myself sometimes if you didn't notice. But uh, that is it. That is your teams that are sprinkled into that way too early, even though we're two weeks from the season. Top 25 list by ESPN. So, that is it for today's show on a Friday. Appreciate you guys joining in. We got a new viewer in here right towards the end. Hello. Hope you're doing well. Be sure to maybe comment in the next 30 seconds so I can say hey before we get out of here. But uh, appreciate you guys joining in live. Uh, appreciate you guys that will be listening on the podcast later on after I upload it in about five minutes. Appreciate you guys that will watch this on Twitch uh, here on Chris Landry Football uh, after it's already been recorded. Uh, be sure to subscribe here in Chris Landry Football. We got all the football you could ask for. We Not only do we have the ACC, uh, we've got all the other Power 5 conferences in football. We've got NFL. We've got Fantasy Talk. We got it all. We also have American Betting Experts as our sponsor. Be sure to check out that deal on our website, LandryFootball.com. Give us a subscribe on LandryFootball.com, uh, and we'll keep doing our best to pump out good content for you guys and bring you guys as much value as possible. Be sure to hit me up. Uh, name is Wilburn Gold on all social media. Will Dalton on Facebook. Uh, I'll I would love to get to know each and every one of you, and continue to try and build a really good community here of ACC sports and just fans in general. So that's going to do it on a Friday. Hope you guys have a good rest of your weekend. Hope you load it up. Get some chili in there. Get some. I love buffalo dip, by the way. That that like my two things when I love football food. That Super Bowl was like a holiday for me. But when it comes to football food, chili and buffalo dip takes the cake. So load it up, all the food, all the beer, everything. Load it up and just go at it. Hope your team wins. Unless you're a Duke fan or an NC State fan. I hope you lose and I hope you cry. See you later. Good night. Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wilburn Gold. This has been ACC Tailgate. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.